أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد So today I wanted to read from the Kashal Mahjoub an interesting hagiographical entry By the way, don't ever get intimidated by Fancy words. Fancy words are exactly like the words that you already know the meaning of. The only difference is you don't know the meaning of them yet. Um, and in addition, there are many people who think they're smart by using them. And uh, they're, most of them really aren't. Uh, this being no exception to that rule. Hagiography hey, just means the stories of the awliya and the saints. Uh, the word is used in academia, I think, pejoratively nowadays. Uh, but, uh, you know, if someone's a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, what does he care, uh, about the uh, smug and arrogant snicker of, a an atheist, uh, uh, college professor somewhere when Yom Al-Qiyamah entire nations will be thrown into the, uh, garbage can of the hellfire if Allah ta'ala loves a man. Uh, I don't think it's gonna matter what some, you know, up, up campus, uh, uh, snooty people, uh, used to say about them in the dunya. But uh, at any rate, this is an interesting hagiographical note. Uh, why? Because it is the it is the the note regarding Imam Abu Hanifa, who is uh, most widely known for his uh, position in the Ummah as a scholar, specifically a scholar of fiqh, and then after that, second most widely known to be a scholar of. Uh, a scholar of Aqidah and his fiqh is actually an extension of his Aqidah which is the original passion that he had and the original mastery that he had um, and very few people know about this and uh, even less people than those who know about his Aqidah is his deep knowledge of the Quran and his deep knowledge of Hadith despite the the the, the unfair uh, uh, accusations to the contrary that some of his fiqhi opponents had. Imam Abu Hanifa had a, uh, a mastery of hadith, except for he used to be very scrupulous in what he narrated. So he didn't narrate, uh, uh, too many of the hadith he knew, but he, he knew, uh, he knew uh, a lot of hadith. Uh, Rahimahullah wa ta'ala. But, uh, even less well known than his um, position in any of those things that we mentioned is his position in tasawwuf that he is a great transmitter of the tariqah and even though his name doesn't appear on the uh, shajara mubarakah of the uh, the different mashayikh in their khanqas um, the reason it doesn't appear is because it's one from the adab of listing an isnad or, or a chain or of narration a silsila that you list the shortest one possible um, because the point of the isnad is to show connection to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The point of a silsila is to show connection to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But if you read the, the, the biographies of the awliya, um, they go through, they all go through uh, Imam Hanifa at some point or another. Illa, illa masha'Allah. So Fudayl bin Iyad and Ibrahim bin Adham um, that we mentioned earlier, they were companions of Imam Abu Hanifa. Um, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, 
as a companion of Imam Abu Hanifa. Malik will meet with Imam Abu Hanifa. And Shafi'i studies from Abu Hanifa's students. Um, uh, you know, it's this nexus of all these different things. Um, and it shows that, that Tasawwuf is just another branch from the, from the Mubarak tree of Deen. Uh, and the Mubarak tree of Deen, which is transmitted through the tradition of the people, the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And one of the things that, that irks me and kind of scratches the chalkboard of my soul again and again is the neglect of the Sunni identity, which is this entire package. It's an entire methodology of how to deal with the law, how to deal with the interpretation of the Book of Allah Ta'ala and the Hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu and an approach to Aqidah, approach to Fiqh, and also approach to what? To Tasawwuf. Uh, it's an approach to tasawwuf that even many of the people who don't follow tariqah or who don't, uh, you know, who don't uh, um, promote um, this kind of more formal middle, uh, 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 you know, middle Islamic history form of tasawwuf or medieval type of tasawwuf, um, still many of the concepts um, that you'll get from the the, the turuq and from Riyadh al-Salihin, uh, which is a book of hadith. They're really, essentially, they're, they're, they're very, they're very similar, if not the same concepts regarding spirituality. They're just packaged differently and in different languages. And some are more, uh, you know, more literary, literary. And some of them are in vernacular languages. And some of them are in very, um, very, uh, uh strictly transmitted, uh, wordings of hadith uh, of the Prophet ﷺ or ayat of the Book of Allah Ta'ala. But really, uh, a person who understands the Sunni tradition understands how the soul fits into all of those things. So, uh, you know, at second glance, it shouldn't really be all that surprising that Imam Abu Hanifa is uh, a great shaykh of the tariqah, even though you've never seen his uh, Mubarak name on any of the, the salasil up on the wall. But if you read who he's met and who who met him and who he took from and who he gave to, um, you'll see that that Tasawwuf is in fact uh, something that that he is not only a master of, but uh, it, it it flows from it flows from him as well. And this is not something that's just a conjecture I make, nor is it a, a theory solely propounded by. Uh, 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 in this book, but it's something that I've heard from many of the mashayikh of the tariqah that, that I, I, I met, uh, including my own shaykh, rahimahullah ta'ala. So, the entry in the Kashf al-Mahjub, uh, translated by Reynold Nicholson, lists his name as Abu Hanifa Nu'man bin Thabit. He writes Al-Kharraz. I think it's a, a typo. It should probably be Al-Khazaz. Because uh, khaz was a type of uh, uh, a type of uh, uh, cloth, um, I think it it was made uh, out of a blend of wool and silk, uh, and it was very in in very high demand. And Abu Hanifa was rahimullah taala on top of being a master of the law and of the hadith, tafsir, tasawwuf, all of these other things. He was also a very wealthy merchant and a very wealthy businessman. And the best khaz, if not the only khaz in, in all of Baghdad or all of Kufa used to come through his, uh, come through his stores. And people used to have to buy from him because he had the best merchandise in town and the best prices in town. Uh, so I, I, I don't know why, uh, uh, I don't know why Nicholson writes kharaz here. I, I, I suspect that it's, it's, uh, uh, it's it's some sort of error. It should be Al-Khazaz. Uh, Data Saab, rahimullah ta'ala, writes, He is the imam of imams and the exemplar of the Sunnis. He was firmly grounded in the works of 
mortification and devotion, meaning in mujahada uh, and in dhikr. He was a great authority on the principles of Sufism. At first he wished to go into seclusion and abandon the society of mankind, for he, has made, he had made his heart free from every thought of human power and pomp. One night, however, he dreamed that he was collecting the bones of uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from the noble grave. Uh, he was keeping some and throwing others out. He awoke in terror and asked one of the pupils of Muhammad bin Sirin. Muhammad bin Sirin is one of the mashaykh of the tariqah from the time of the tabi'een. And he's a, a great muhaddith and he was also renowned to be the master interpreter of the dreams of his age. He was the Yusuf alayhi salam of his age. He awoke in terror and asked one of the pupils of Muhammad bin Sirin to interpret the dream. This man said, you will attain a high rank in the knowledge of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, preserving his sunnah so that you will sift through that which is genuine and throw out that which is spurious. Uh, and this is very, this is very, uh, uh, I mean, this is a very deep dream that he saw himself uh, in the grave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, looking through bones and keeping some and throwing others out. And uh, it was interpreted to him, meaning what? That you will be the one who sifts through all these things that people think of as deen. And the thing that's in accordance to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you'll keep it. And the thing that's not, you'll, you'll throw it out. Uh, so I want you to think about this, which is, uh, uh, which is that the work he did wasn't simply academic. There was a spiritual element to it. He was a man on a mission and he was guided by, uh, he was guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously we don't consider that guidance to be a wahi or revelation. Um, and that we don't consider him to be infallible because nobody's infallible in the ummah after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But that doesn't mean that the providential hand of destiny doesn't guide uh, certain people to do works that are superior and above those of others. If someone else was able to sit in a room and read and study and become smart, uh, and uh, uh, through his smartness, um, understand and expound the law uh, in, in, in such a three-dimensionally uh, such a three-dimensionally uh, cohesive and cogent uh, way as he, he did, um, then they would have done it. But no one was able to. He's an Imam A'zam for a reason. And that has to do with his spiritual power and how, uh, how, how strongly it was tuned with the higher realm. Another time Abu Hanifa dreamed that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, said to him, you have been created for the purpose of receiving my ordinances. He was the master of many sheikhs. For example, Ibrahim bin Adham, Fudayl bin Iyad, both of who, whom appear on the, the Shajara Mubarakah of the Tariqa Chishtiya, and Dawud al-Ta'i and Bishr al-Hafi, both of whom uh, uh, appear on the Shajara Mubarakah of the Tariqa Qadiriya, amongst others. And, and all of whom are, are universally uh, accepted to being the mashaykh of tasawuf and spirituality in the early age um, by the people of tariqah and the people of no tariqah alike. In the reign of the Khalifa Mansur, a plan was formed to appoint to the office of Qadi or Chief Justice one of the following persons. Abu Hanifa, Sufyan al-Thawri, Mis'ar bin Kidam, uh, and Shurayh. While they were journeying together to visit uh, Abu Ja'far al-Mansur, who was uh, who was the 
the conniving and uh, at times ruthless uh, um, first really effective Khalifa of Banu Abbas um, when they were journeying together to visit Abu Jafar al-Mansur who had summoned them to his presence Abu Hanifa said to his companions I will reject this office by means of a certain trick uh, Mis'ar will feign to be mad Sufyan will run away and Shurayh will be made Qadi he will be made judge and this is something very interesting they considered they considered uh, uh, positions of government power like being uh, qadi to be a corruption of the dunya because a person would come under the influence of power uh, and and even the slightest they were they're very uh, painfully aware that even the slightest deviation from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in that early time of islam would have essentially ruined the uh, ruined the entire deal for the rest of the ummah that comes for centuries and millennia afterward so uh, Imam Abu Hanifa and uh, Abu Qasim Junaid and and uh, uh, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal and pe- people of that nature they they steadfastly refused to uh, take the judgeship and they considered it to be uh, they considered it to be uh, um, uh, just a stain on a person's deen. Now later on, Abu Hanifa's student uh, Abu Yusuf will take the judgeship for other reasons, uh, and those are probably best left for. Uh, uh, a dars regarding the origins of the Hanafi madhab rather than tasawwuf. Um, but there are reasons for that as well. Uh, but for the point, uh, the point for this story is that, that Abu Hanifa himself steadfastly refused until his last breath to take the position of chief judge. Even though, uh, he eventually will, uh, he'll be persecuted by the government and even according to some assassinated by, by the government for it. While they were journeying uh, 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 together to visit Abu Jafar Mansur, who had summoned them to his presence, Abu Hanifa said to his companions, I will reject this office by means of a certain trick. Mis'ar will feign to be mad, Sufyan will run away, and Shurayh will be made judge. Sufyan fled and embarked in a ship, imploring the captain to conceal him and save him from execution. The others were ushered into the presence of the Khalifa. Mansur said to Abu Hanifa first, you must act as Qadi, as chief judge. Abu Hanifa replied, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, commander of the faithful, I am not an Arab, but one of their clients, and the chiefs of the Arabs will not accept my decisions. Mansur said, This matter has nothing to do with lineage. It demands learning, and you are the most eminent doctor of the law in this day. Abu Hanifa persisted that he was unfit to hold the office. What I have just said shows it, he exclaimed, for if I have spoken the truth, I am disqualified, and if I had told a falsehood, then it is not right that a liar should be made judge over the Muslims, and that you should entrust him with the lives, property, and honor of your subjects. He escaped in this way. Then Mis'ar came forward and seized the caliph's hand and said, How are you, and how are your children, and how are your animals? Uh, uh, Away with him, cried Mansur, he's mad, he's out of his mind. Finally, Shurayh was told that he must fill the vacant office. I'm melancholic, he, uh, 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 he protested. Melancholic meaning what? Meaning that uh, I'm, uh, my disposition is extremely heavy and slow and lethargic. Uh, and I'm light witted. Uh, whereupon Mansur advised him to drink, uh, 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 uh various uh, concoctions and potions in order to, uh, 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 restore his intellect until his intellect was fully restored. So Shurayh was made Qadi and Abu Hanifa after that day never spoke a word to him again. 
This story illustrates not only the sagacity of Abu Hanifa, but also his adherence to the path of righteousness and salvation, and his determination not to let himself be deluded by seeking popularity and worldly renown. It shows, moreover, the soundness of blame, since all of these three uh, venerable men resorted to some trick in order to avoid popularity. Very different are the doctors of the present age. Data Saab says this in like, you know, this is a time before Ghazali and the time before Shah Abdul Qadir Jilani. This is very different are the doctors of this age who make the palaces of princes their qibla and the houses of evil doers their temple. A'udhu billah. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala protect us. Um, the age we live in is, 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 you know, so many times more worse that we have literally defined success, uh, not amongst, uh, uh, singers and dancers, but amongst ulama, uh, in, in YouTube hits and in Twitter followers and in Facebook followers. Um, even though that's just like the biggest bakwas ever, there's nobody who's going to, uh, you know, Facebook is going to swoop down and grab them and, and save them from falling into the hellfire and carry them over the sirat. It just doesn't work that way. There's no Twitter that's going to, that's going to have its own hold that you drink from uh, such a drink that you'll, the one who drinks from it never thirsts again. And so Dat Asab then kind of goes on a, a slight tangent. He says, once a doctor of Ghazna who claimed to be a learned divine and a religious leader declared, it is heresy to wear a patched frock, a muraqa'ah. Uh, the patch frock was the sign of, uh, of, of being a sheikh in the tariqah in the days of the author. Um, and it was, again, uh, following the, the tradition of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum, uh, um, in, in, in not throwing away the clothes when they rip, but in patching them up. It says, a certain doctor of Ghazna who claimed to be a learned divine and a religious leader declared it heresy, kufr to wear a patched frock. I said to him, you do not call it heretical to wear robes of brocade which are made entirely of silk and besides uh, being in themselves unlawful for men to wear have been begged with importunity which is unlawful from evildoers whose property is absolutely unlawful. Uh, why then is it kufr or heretical to wear a lawful garment procured from a lawful place purchased with lawful money? If you were not ruled by inborn conceit and by the error of your soul, you would express a more judicious opinion. Uh, uh, women may wear a dress of silk lawfully, but is unlawful for men uh, and only permissible uh, for lunatics. If you acknowledge the truth of both of these statements, uh, uh, then you are excused. Uh, 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 God save us from a lack of fairness. Yahya bin Mu'adh al-Razi, who is another great shaykh of the tariqah uh, from the old times, relates as follows, I dreamed that I said to Rasulullah wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, where will I find you? Uh, and he answered me, in the science of Abu Hanifa. Uh, the author says, once when I was in Syria, I fell asleep at the tomb of Sayyidina Bilal, the Mu'adhan of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may Allah ta'ala be pleased with him, and dreamed that I was in Mecca, and that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came into the uh, uh, sacred mosque through the gate of Banu Shayba. By the way, the Babu Bani Shayba is the, the gate that it's a sunnah to enter into the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through. The Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came in through the gate of Banu Shayba, tenderly clasping an old man to his chest in the same fashion as people are wont to carry children, and that I ran to him and kissed the back of his foot, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
and stood marveling who the old man might be, and that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was miraculously aware of my secret thought and said to me, This is your Imam and the Imam of your countrymen, meaning Abu Hanifa. Uh, Data Saab is uh, from, from Ghazni, uh, 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 from, from, from Ghazni, which is uh, in Afghanistan. I think uh, almost entirely peopled by Patans now, if, if I'm not uh, mistaken. In consequence of this dream, I have great hopes for myself and also for the people of my country. It has convinced me moreover that Abu Hanifa rahimahullah ta'ala was one of those who having annihilated their natural qualities continued to perform the ordinances of the sacred law as appears from the fact that he was carried by the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the dream. If he had walked by himself, his attributes must have been subsistent and such a one may either miss or hit the mark. But inasmuch as he was carried by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the dream, his attributes must have been non-existent while he was sustained by the living attributes of Rasulullah alayhi salatu wasalam. And this is by the way part of the aqidah of the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah, that the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam ahya'un fi quburihim yusallun, that the, the Prophets alayhi salatu wasalam are alive in their graves and they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and this is why when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when someone sees me in a dream, they've seen me. Uh, because shaitan cannot take my form. It means that you haven't just seen a form of him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you've actually seen him. It's actually a communion with him through the spirit realm. Allah ta'ala vouchsafe uh, the vision of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to us, as undeserving as we may be in this world and in the next. Bil-afiyah and khair and afiyah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cannot err and it is equally impossible that one who is sustained by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam should fall into error. When Dawood al-Ta'i uh, had acquired learning and become famous, uh, a famous authority, he went to Abu Hanifa and said to him, What shall I do now? Abu Hanifa rahimullah ta'ala replied, Practice what you have learned, for theory without practice is like a body without spirit. He who is content with learning alone is not learned, and the truly learned man is not content with learning alone. Similarly, hidayat or divine guidance involves mujahadat, uh, or, or struggling against the self, without which contemplation or mushahada is unattainable, that you're not going to be able to contemplate the divine without, uh, without guidance uh, and without struggling against yourself. There is no knowledge without action since knowledge is the product of action and is brought forth and developed and made profitable, profitable by the blessings of action. The two things cannot be divorced in any way just as the light of the sun cannot be separated by the sun itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, connect us with this uh, beautiful and mubarak uh, silsila and tradition inshallah and give us the tawfiq of respecting uh, um, respecting the transmitters, the canonical transmitters of our tradition. Uh, for they really were the mashaykh, not just of fiqh and of hadith and of tafsir uh, and of aqidah, but they were also people who had a living spiritual connection with Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, uh, through their mujahadat and through their sacrifices and their struggles against themselves annihilated their own souls which found new and everlasting life in the emulation and the service of 
the the knowledge of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of, of 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 learning that knowledge and respecting that knowledge and giving it its due right, both inside of our hearts and on our limbs with our amal, uh, even though it's not e- an easy thing to do. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq wa sallallahu wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.